Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. really excited to bring the word this morning, and I've been preparing for this message uh, for this message for a few weeks, and I'm really just excited about what God showed me to bring to you, and I'm hoping that there will be something in this message that you can grab a hold of and apply and really make a difference in your life. Um, my key verse comes from Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12. It's part of verse 1 and part of verse 2. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so this race is just our life. It starts at the beginning and it ends when you die. And God wants you to run with perseverance. He wants you not to give up. And he wants you to fix your eyes on Jesus as you go forward. Now, occasionally I like to take a, an exercise class at the, at the Y, and at the end they do these stretches, right? Have you, have you guys ever done this one? It's the quad stretch. So you stand on one leg. Let's see if I can do it in my outfit here. And you like hold your leg up like this, and you're like stretching your quad. Okay, it's hard to do, but it helps if you focus on something. Like, if you're just looking all around when you're trying to do the stretch, you're probably going to wobble. You might fall over. But if you can find something to, like, fix your eye on, it really helps you to balance. And so today we're going to talk about fixing your focus. Today's uh, message is titled, Fix Your Focus. All right. Are you with me? Okay, it's good. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about a passage in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, and we're going to jump in at verse 22, but I'm going to tell you a couple of things that happened leading up to where we're going to start in this story. So uh, John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus fed the 5,000, we're going to pick up right after that. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So let's talk about what's happening here. Jesus had tried to get away earlier in the day. He had taken a boat to a solitary place, and thousands of people followed him. They found out where he was going. And instead of saying, sorry, no guys. He took compassion on them. Like Melanie said, he fed them with a long John Silver's snack pack. He fed 5,000 people. And right after this, he needed, he needed to get away. So he sent the disciples ahead and he went by himself to pray, to recharge, to spend time with his father. And let me just tell you, if Jesus needed to get away and pray and recharge, then we need to do that too. That's a good example for us. Okay, so let's pick up the story in Matthew 14, verse 25 through 27. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Okay, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be 
afraid. The disciples had been in the boat as Jesus instructed them. They're trying to get to the other side, but the waves and the wind are coming against the boat, and they can't get to the other side. And so shortly before dawn, in other words, in the wee small hours of the morning, when it is still completely dark, they see a figure walking toward them on the water. And they thought to themselves, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's normal. That must be Jesus. No, they were freaking out. They said, it's a ghost. And they were terrified. They were so scared. And Jesus says to them what he also speaks to us. He said, take courage. He said, be brave. He said, it's me. Don't be afraid. And that's what he is saying to you today. Take courage. I'm here. You don't have to be afraid. Okay, so let's read what happens next in Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 33. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And so here's Peter in the boat, all right? So there's wind, and there's waves, and he's terrified. He thinks he has seen a ghost, and then Jesus speaks. He says, take courage. It is I Don't be afraid. And Peter says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So how many of you know that when Jesus speaks to you, it changes everything? You can go from fear to faith. When Jesus speaks to you to take courage, you have the opportunity to be courageous. When Jesus speaks to you and says, don't be afraid, you have the opportunity to take that fear and turn it into faith, trust, and belief in Jesus. Now, if it had been me and I was in that boat, I would have said, if it's you, why don't you come and get in the boat with us, Jesus? It never would have occurred to me that I would get out of the boat and walk on the water. It doesn't even make sense in my brain, even though I know the story, and I know that it's Jesus, and I know that he can do anything. He can walk on the water, and I know that Peter did walk on the water. I know all of that, and I still would rather Stay in that boat, then get out with the waves and the wind. And so I was preparing for this message, and I said to Mike, "Um, I just don't get it. I don't understand why Peter asked Jesus, like, if it's you, tell me to come. And he said, I love this. He said, Peter wanted to join Jesus in the miracle. I love that. And it reminded me of this verse in John 14, 12. Jesus said this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And Peter got it. He got that if Jesus was doing it, that he could ask Jesus if he could join him in it. And Jesus wants you to join him in what he's doing. He wants you to step out of in faith. He wants you to get out of your boat. He, ask him if he wants you to join him in the miracle. Is there something that you feel like God is calling you to do? 
Is there something in your heart and it makes you scared, but you just know that God is speaking to you? I just want to encourage you to step out. Step out in faith and go toward him. I think his answer is going to be come. Come to me. So he got out of the boat. So there's waves still and there's wind, okay? They can't get to the other side because the wind is against them. The waves are up. But he gets down out of the boat. So it's not like he just like took a step. No, he had to like climb down onto water, okay? And he was standing. Okay, and so he's walking on the waves and in the wind. And I promise I did not wear this on purpose, but it kind of works for like the wind. <laughs> the wind is blowing and he's walking. And it's interesting because at some point he saw the wind. But don't you know the wind was there the whole time? He knew it was there when he got out of the boat. We don't need to pretend like we don't actually have any problems. Uh, We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so he's walking and he sees Jesus and he's like, he's good. And then at some point he loses his focus and he sees the wind, and he starts to sink. He was, he was okay as long as his focus was on Jesus, and he was moving forward. But as soon as he lost his focus, he started to sink, and he couldn't move forward. He was afraid. He saw the circumstances, and he just, he just lost his focus. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, how many times does this happen to us? It's easy to lose our focus. We stop fixing our eyes on Jesus. We take our eyes off Jesus and we see what is happening around us. We see our problems and we get afraid. So what causes you to lose your focus? When do you take your eyes off of Jesus? Maybe it's a difficult relationship. It could be your finances. It could be trauma that you've experienced. It could be anxiety. Whatever it is, when we lose our focus, we start to sink. We we stop moving forward. So here's Peter. He's walking, and then he loses his focus. He sees it, and is he still moving forward? No, he's starting to sink. He's starting to drown. When we're not focused on Jesus, we can't move forward with what he's asked us to do. And so when Peter lost his focus, and he began to sink, he did what we need to do also. Anytime that we find ourselves sinking, drowning, overwhelmed by everything we're facing, he cried out, Lord, save me. When you are overwhelmed, when you feel like you're going to drown, and I have felt that way many times. Have you felt that way? So when you feel that way, you need to cry out to Jesus. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be elaborate. But it does have to be a cry from your heart. Peter's prayer was just three words. Lord, save me. And I think that you're going to need this prayer. You might need this prayer today. You might need this prayer right now. So we're going to practice. So I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat it after me. And then you're going to remember this prayer when you are having a moment. Okay. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Oh, you guys did so good. I feel like I feel like we need to do that again, but I think that we could do, I think we could do it even better. Now, don't be like the kids in Sunday school, who when I say, I think that you can do that better, they scream at the top of their lungs, and I'm like, yeah, good job, guys. But I think we can do it better. Okay, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Ah, oh, 
If I had some gold star stickers, I would give every single one of you a sticker. That was so good. All right, so what is Jesus' response to Peter? And what is Jesus' response to us? Immediately. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately. There was no delay. You can be rescued by Jesus the moment that you cry out to him. When we cry out to him, we realize that he is greater than the problems we save, that we face. He's able to save us and rescue us. And I think it's interesting because in this story, so here's the boat, and he, Peter climbs down out of the boat, and he's, he's got his focus, and he's walking, and there's Jesus. And he's walking, and Jesus is still, you know, he hasn't gotten to him yet. But as soon as he starts to sink and cries out, Jesus is right there. Jesus is always right there beside you. Even if you feel like he is far off, he's not. He is right with you the moment that you cry out to him. It's so funny because every time I prepare a message, a song comes to mind. And I was not going to do it this time, you guys. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I thought of a really good song. Okay, so if there's a, there's a song that kind of goes with this message, and it's called Whisper His Name. It's by Deluge. And years ago, we did a women's choir. And uh, the women's choir, they sang the song. I think John was in charge of the choir. It was awesome. And this song is great because it, it starts off like, whisper his name. And then you call out his name. And by the end, it's shout out his name. It's so good. So if you want to be encouraged and you're calling out to Jesus, I, I think you should listen to that one. Now, it's so funny because whenever I read the story about Peter... Jesus walking in water and Peter walking in water. It makes me think of, okay, so a few years ago, Mike decided that there were just two requirements for someone that would want to marry Abigail. Just two. He said, I'm not going to make it complicated. It's not going to be a whole long list. Just two things. He needs to walk on water. And he needs to show me how. That's it. We... We just haven't found the right one yet. We haven't found the right one. Oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> just two. Okay, so I've been preparing this message for a few weeks, and in my daily Bible reading, which I highly recommend, it's so funny, I highly recommend a reading plan, and I like the one that I do, of course, because that's the one that I do, but it's called The Bible in One Year with Nikki Gumbel. It's on the Bible app. It's very good. But my personality is the type where, like, whatever I like, I think that everyone will like. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to do the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel? What do you mean you don't think that Gelati Celeste is the best ice cream? Like, I don't understand what is happening. Okay, so I was doing my Bible reading, and I found um, a passage that I thought paralleled the story of Jesus and Peter walking on the water. And so I was reading in the book of Jonah. And have any of you seen uh, the VeggieTale movie of Jonah? And so I literally wrote down in my notes, Jonah was a prophet. Right? I couldn't help myself from singing, Jonah was a prophet. Ooh, ooh, but he never really got it. Sad but true. Okay. So there's Jonah. God told him to go and preach to the city of Nineveh, and he decided to run away from God. Now, even when I was a small child, I thought to myself, Jonah, 
cannot run away from God. What are you thinking? That is a very bad plan. But he, he thought it was going to work. So he got on a boat and he sailed in another direction. Tarshish, I think, was where he was headed. And the Lord brought a terrible storm. And the sailors found out that it was because of Jonah. If you want to read more of it, Jonah has his own book in the Bible, four chapters. It's pretty easy to read. Okay, so they find out that this storm is because of Jonah, and Jonah told them to throw him into the sea, and at first they're like, oh, no, okay, we can figure something else out. So they try some other things, and finally they're like so desperate. They're like, okay. So they, they threw him into the sea, and the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and he was in the fish for three days. So he was saved. He was drowning. He was saved. He was rescued from death. I bet it was kind of gross in there, though. Like, kind of disgusting and dark and wet and smelly and dank. But he was, he was saved, so that's good. And so we read in chapter 2 that Jonah cried out to God when he was sinking in the sea. In Jonah 2, verses 1 and 2, we read, From inside the fish... Okay. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Now, Jonah was drowning as a result of his own foolish disobedience and running away from God. But when he called to God to save him, God heard him. God heard his cry, even though Jonah had been running away from him. Now, here's Peter. Peter was literally following Jesus. He had given his whole life every day. He was a disciple. He got in that boat because Jesus told him to get in that boat. He was going to the other side because that's what Jesus told him to do. He got out of the boat because Jesus said, come. And so he's following Jesus. He just, he just lost his focus. And he started to sink. And he cried out to God, and God saved him. And then here's Jonah. Jonah, like, knows God, but he is running away from God. He is disobeying God. He's doing everything but what God told him to do. And he's sinking, and God heard him. God saved him. And so no matter where you find yourself in this story, maybe you are following after God. You've just... You've just lost your focus a little bit. You need some help. Or maybe you've been running away from God and you just have completely disobeyed him. You need his help. Guess what? It doesn't matter where you are. God is in the business of saving people. He's in the business of rescuing people. Cry out to him. God responds to the heartfelt cry of our heart. He is a God who saves. So maybe today you're in a place where you don't know God. You've never decided to follow him. Or you might be like Jonah, like you know God, but you're choosing not to follow him. Today is a great day to decide to cry out to God. He loves you. He saved Peter, and he saved Jonah, and he can save you too. Now, I think Jonah, when he was drowning, when he was sinking, he must have felt very far away from God. And sometimes we feel that way. But God was not far away from him. God was able to save him right there. He heard the cry of his heart. He answers when you cry out to him. He sent his son Jesus 
to take the punishment for our sins. He wants to have a relationship with you in this life and in the life to come. And so if you are deciding today to follow Jesus, or if you are deciding today to stop running away from him, we would really love to know about it. If you're here, please come up and pray with us after. We would really love to pray with you. And if you are listening or watching online, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps. We would love to hear from you and help you. So I can think of some significant times in my life that I cried out to Jesus and he answered me. He walked me through some difficult things. And I bet you can think of some difficult things that you've walked through too. Maybe you're walking through something right now. When I had a miscarriage, I was so brokenhearted and I cried out to God and God helped me through that time. When my, when my dad died, it was one of the, the hardest things that I ever faced because it happened so suddenly and I felt like he was gone before I even knew that anything had happened. It was really, it was really difficult. And the thing is, in those crisis moments, in those big things, it feels natural to cry out to, to God because, like, what else can you do? But we also need to cry out to Jesus in the everyday things, in the everyday challenges. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get, like, annoyed at things, at people, at bad drivers, um, there are different things. It, it's, it's a lot of things. And so recently I had a day, and honestly, like, nothing was actually wrong with the day. Like, nothing bad had happened. I didn't have a reason. But I just, everywhere I looked, people were doing the wrong thing. Like, in my family, I'm going to be honest. It was at my house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People were doing the wrong thing or they were not doing what I thought that they should do, they were not being helpful, whatever it was, and I just was a little fed up. And I gotta tell you, there was nothing wrong with that day except for my attitude. My attitude was really the problem. It's really easy to focus on other people's faults, yeah. It's really easy to see how other people are disappointing you or ways that they're not living up to your expectations, but it's also important for you to evaluate, okay, what is my attitude and how can I refocus on Jesus? So how do we keep our focus on Jesus in the everyday? Now, you know in those crisis moments, cry out to Jesus, you're going to say, Lord, save me. But there are some things that you can do today, tomorrow. You can build these habits and they're going to help you to keep your focus on him so that you can keep moving forward. All right, the first one is pray. You need to talk to him. You need to tell him how great he is. You need to ask him to help you with your problems. When you bring your problems to him, you realize he's the problem solver. You get your focus back on him and not so much on what is going on with you because whatever you focus on becomes bigger. So when you focus on him, you realize how much greater he is than anything that you face. All right, get in the Word. I already, I already told you my favorite Bible reading plan, but you pick your own. You can pick a book of the Bible or a topic. You can read an actual paper copy of the Bible, or you can get the Bible app. You can listen to it while you're in the car. That's something that I like to do. Just get in the Word. It's so helpful. When you read the Word, you find out the nature of God. When I read about Peter, when I read about Jonah, I see that God is a a miracle-working, saving God, and it increases my faith. All right, the third thing is worship. 
find your style of worship and go for it. You can worship at home, in the car, in your earbuds. You can maybe even do that at work if your work allows you to wear earbuds. You can worship a cappella. You can worship with music. It just brings our focus and our attention onto God. We worship him for who he is and for what he does in our life. Okay, the next one, the last one is gratitude. So sometimes when I'm in a bad way, I try to remember to think about what I'm thankful for. Joyce Meyer says you can't be anxious and thankful at the same time. Now, I don't know if that has been scientifically proven, but when I am feeling a little know, anxious, overwhelmed, fed up, I literally take a deep breath. I say, thank you, Jesus, in my, in my mind, if I'm with other people. Thank you, Jesus, for the day. Thank you, Jesus, that it is 97 degrees out today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank, you just start thanking him for what he's done for you, for everything that he's given you, and it helps refocus you on him, and it really, it really helps the breathing, the thankfulness, it's really good. So all these things, prayer, getting in the word, worship, gratitude, all those things can be done completely by yourself. But you can also do those things in community. Coming to a church service, being in a life group, being with other people, you can pray together. You can get in the Bible together. You can worship together. You can be thankful together. You can say, guys, Listen to this great thing that God did for me this week. And there's something about being in community that really encourages your faith, that really helps to focus you. You need to be around some people that are going to have some faith for you. Um, I'm walking through something difficult, and just Friday we had um, prayer and worship here at the church, and uh, a friend came up to me, and they just encouraged me. They said, I'm praying for you, and I really just know that God is going to be with you, and I got to tell you, it really helped, so I encourage you to get in community. All right, when you're thinking about where your focus is, is it fully on Jesus, or am I distracted? It's so easy to be distracted. Here are some questions to ask yourself. All right, what am I listening to? I mean, what kind of music are you listening to? What kind of things are you listening to? That you're feeding your spirit either with good things or things not so good. What am I watching? What am I seeing? What am I just really focused on? And who is influencing me? Uh, Last week's sermon, Mike uh, preached a sermon called You Have a Good King, and he cautioned us to consider who is discipling you. I thought that was such a good question. So if you are facing a difficult situation today and you need God's help, of course cry out to Jesus. But we want to pray with you. If you're here in person, please come up at the end and and let us pray with you. We would really love to stand with you. You don't have to walk through this Christian journey alone. God made us to be in community. You can also, if you're not here, you can If you're watching or listening online, you can email us at friends at victorychristian.church and let us know what you need prayer for. We would love to reach out to you. We would love to pray for you and with you. And um, as we conclude, I'm just going to pray for us. So if you could stand. Jesus, I thank you that you are a powerful, 
rescuing God, that you are a God that hears the cry of our heart, that you are a God that saves us when we are sinking. God, we can cry out to you at any moment of any day, whether we are in a situation where we're following you, whether we are far from you. God, I know that we can cry out to you and you are going to hear us and rescue us. And so God, I pray for each person that is here or listening or watching. God, I know that you know what they are going through. You see the hurt, you see the pain, you see the difficulty, but God, I know that you have the answers that they need. You are able to rescue and save. And so God, I pray for each one. God, that even in those moments that they're feeling overwhelmed, that they feel like they're sinking, God, that you would remind them that they can cry out to you. That you would remind them that they could say, Lord, save me, and that you will come and save them. Thank you, God, that you are a miracle-working, saving God, that we can always cry out to you. We love you so much, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com. 